recorded live. You're now tuned into the VMware Community Podcast, your number one source on VMware news and updates. Interviews with V experts, product updates, new launchings, VMware events, and much more. Join the conversation and welcome to VMware Community Podcast. Now live with Eric Nielsen. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Communities Podcast. This is podcast number 626. My name is Eric Nilsson. With me today, I have my favorite co-host, Corey Romero. Today is Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. On the show today, we're going to be talking about vSphere 8. We are lucky enough to have Amanshu Singh, Director of vSphere Product Marketing. We're going to be talking about vSphere 8. We're excited to go to uh, VMware Explore in Europe next week. Super excited about that. Super excited about vSphere 8 being GA. So we thought we'd have Himanshu here to talk through what's going on with that and just generally spend some time with vSphere 8. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk to Corey Romero and talk a little bit about a experts. Corey, how are you doing today? Doing well, Eric. Doing well. Uh, the weather in Utah is crazy. We've got uh, snow all the way till t- next Tuesday. So uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, so I'm excited. I leave for uh, Spain tomorrow. So uh, excited to see all the V experts and all of our customers. Um, if you missed last week's podcast or missed one of my emails, the V expert applications are open and we're going to have our submission period, which means that you need to finalize your application between December 12th and January 13th. January 14th is when we'll start doing our voting, and that'll go into February, and uh, we will be done by February 10th and uh, announce all of the VExpert awards. So uh, make sure you're doing the activities. There's plenty of stuff to do around Explore, uh, write your blogs um, about your favorite sessions uh, while you're at Explore, after Explore, and uh, start creating that content. Um, Monday night, we are doing a VExpert meetup and that's going to be November 7th at 7 p.m. And that's going to be at the Wild Rover Irish Pub. And that's just going to be a uh, V beers um, uh, for the V experts. So, yeah, excited to see everybody. So Wild Rose on Monday night, I will definitely be there. I'm looking forward to that, even though I'm sure we'll all be jet lagged. Uh, looking forward to seeing everybody getting on a plane myself uh, this Friday. So I'll get there Saturday. Going to be at CTAB. Uh, uh, the customer technical advisory board all day Sunday. So excited to see some of our big customers there as well. And then Corey, I know we're giving away the nooks and uh, me and Bill Roth have, I think four sessions over the course of Monday through Thursday, uh, talking about how to run vSphere on vSphere eight on the nook, right? So we have some examples. Again, we're giving away all the experts that's registered an Intel Nook home system so that there's no reason not to have a home lab if you're a expert. And uh, then we're going to take you through how to get... how to get vSphere running on that guy, how to run Tanzu on that guy. And then we have some home automation. I'm gonna do a little bit in this session. So I think the session is 16 slides, power session, gonna go through quick. How to get your home lab set up, running vSphere 8, running Tanzu on it, and then being able to write some C code in uh, Microsoft, uh, Microsoft Visual Studio to do some data collection on sensors that you can connect to the Nook as well. So should be really exciting, exhausting, uh, fun time next week. I hope to see everybody from Europe there and say hello to everybody from the Netherlands and geez, all the V experts all over the place. So super excited about that. 
So speaking about, uh, you know, home lab machines, uh, finally vSphere 8 is here, which is why we thought it would be fun to talk a little bit about vSphere in general and vSphere 8. So uh, Manshu, welcome to the show. I know you were on our podcast a year or two ago or three, who knows, time flies. Welcome to the show. We always ask people uh, to introduce yourself, uh, how long you've been at VMware, and tell us a little bit about your history of uh, working in IT. How did you get here? How did you get where you are? Hey, Eric. Uh, hey, Corey. Uh, good to be here. It's been, yeah, I think last I was in this podcast was a few years ago. One of the vSphere releases, uh, you know, I can't remember which one, maybe six, seven, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, six, seven is one of those, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like a, the five, five release has become basically like the big release where everybody's on six, seven, or has been for a long time. Um, anyway, so um, about myself, well, um, so I uh, run product marketing for vSphere been doing that for a few years now and uh, been focused on vSphere for about, I would say, close to seven years. And uh, before that, I spent about three years in our uh, uh, in the vRealize business, a cloud management BU. Uh, so almost 10 years at uh, VMware now. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've been, uh, been, I think in, in terms of my career, I've been doing like product management uh, and product marketing, kind of, you know, uh, back and forth, so to say, but for the past, you know, six, seven years, it's all been about kind of product marketing, really focusing on that. So enjoying, uh, you know, getting the message out to people and uh, helping uh, people realize all the benefits of uh, vSphere. And you got like all sorts of cool stuff happening in vSphere. So really, really exciting time with this, uh, with this new release. And especially this year with all the uh, new offers in vSphere and whatnot. And we can talk all about that. Uh, Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah but b- before we get to that, I always like to kind of kind of go old school a little bit. For mm-hmm. me, like I, I'm a big hardware fan. I love systems. I like. I tell people I still work at a hardware company, right? It's just we do virtual hardware, right? We're a systems. We're a machine building. Mm-hmm. We're like we're like we build machines. Most of us have built x86 server game machines. Blah, blah, blah. Like we're like we're very geeky, hands on hardware IT guys because we like building systems. And I feel like vSphere still is this enabler of building machines, right? They're virtual machines, but they're still just machines that do compute workload. They do do things. Um, and I, I think that's historically like we, I think vSphere still is the premier way to build machines these days, even though we talk cloud and we talk all the crazy stuff that's happening in the IT industry and, uh, you know, the the hyperscaler, you know, you know, places in the cloud that you can go do this. There's still a lot of people. I mean, vSphere is still the premier way you build machines for hosting IT services in the industry, right? I mean, this is still... a a flagship way to build out your data center. Yeah, and so, uh, and I wouldn't even, uh, you know, kind of think about just the data center, right? Because if you think, if you see where is vSphere right now, you've got, uh, you know, vSphere's got what half a million customers uh, around the world. It is still growing, um, which is you know, something to say about a, a product that's so mature, it's so permeated in the industry. It's like basically the market leader since forever. Uh, and it's still growing. So what that tells you is, is uh, it is absolutely the premier way, the, the best way to kind of build machines, build core kind of compute infrastructure in your data center. But over the past, I would say a few years, um, vSphere has made sure that it is, you know, catering to the changing needs of everybody, the, our audience, our customers, our install base. 
because people are using vSphere on top of like core hyperscaler. If you look at VMware Cloud on on AWS right. or, we, or Google, a, a, you know, a, a, a Azure or whoever, um, the core platform is vSphere. You know, that's what VMware Cloud is. You know, the foundation of VMware Cloud essentially. Or if you look at how people are doing. Uh, you know, uh, there's vSphere for desktop, you know, they're supporting that. There's vSphere on the edge use cases where we're making sure that we're supporting, you know, uh, uh, telco and, and those kind of industries as well. So as, as the kind of the fundamental foundation of IT infrastructure, I right. think vSphere is just going gangbusters uh, in terms of building on the legacy it has and the technology right. leadership we ever has and the innovation and everything while kind of catering to all these new use cases and and uh, you know making sure that uh, uh it's it's one of those things where you know hey you want to you know you want to build virtual machines great go here you know build whatever you're interested in running containers instead absolutely useful is the platform for that you know you want to uh, build some uh, ai ml uh, workloads peaceful is the platform for that we've got a fantastic partnership with nvidia and and all that stuff with the ai ready platform so like all these new use cases keep coming up and it's kudos to the engineering team where we have at VMware that they're able to make sure that, uh, you know, vSphere is, is incorporating all these new use cases. And at the end of the day, it's all about making sure that, you know, wherever customers are and, you know, different uh, users uh, in the community, whatever the use cases are, that vSphere is able to cater to that, no matter you are a large or smaller organization, that, uh, you know, there's, there's a flavor of vSphere that uh, makes, you know, makes sense for you. Okay, I got to also, while I'm in throwback mode, because we talked a little bit about it, I'm going to spend a little bit of time in the throwback mode. Um, the, the HTML client, right? Mm -hmm. The HTML client now has finally climbed out of the doghouse, right? And nobody now thinks about uh, the Flash client of days of old. They don't talk about the Windows. Everybody is now completely acceptance of the HTML client. In fact, I use ESXi all the time. Uh, I use vCenter. I, I have a machines in San Jose and Rack that I use. And the thing is rock solid now. Uh, are you finally happy that the HTML5 client now has, has now become, I would say, as rock sign as as beautiful as the original Windows client was back in the old days. Yeah, and and uh, you know, if you if you remember, there was so much, so uh, much pain, spirited feedback. Right. Let's say you right. know about number one thread on VMTN. Away, right, right, like, right. You know, so everything has to go through that evolution, and that, and I'm just so glad. And and at this point, like, um, it's been probably you know a couple of years since we've had like significant conversation about the client anywhere. Right, that's when right. you know that's, that hey right. everybody just everybody's happy. default it does we, what you need to do. We can actually have this conversation now and have happy smiles on our face, right? And so right. everybody asks like, oh what are you doing next? Cloud this and that. I just want to say Thank you. Congratulations. We don't. We we have a wonderful now client that is that everybody seems to be happy with. And when I log into my ESX server now, I just go, oh, there it is, the blue screen. I log in. It works. Here's all my machines. Here's everything. It scales. It's dragon. It's like, yeah, nice job on that. Isn't that a wonderful feeling? And I think there's a yeah, lot of is. people that run it that are really happy now, right? And we don't we don't talk about that, right? So when, when new One releases thing I come out, out though. Right? Uh, you know, we talk about like, hey, you know, all the work that our engineering team is doing and all. But if you look at like, it was available as a fling for such a long time. Right. All the feedback that we got from the community 
like it helped it get to where it's at. So like I gotta make sure that we, we you know we thank the community of everybody who's used the flame, gave us feedback, uh, you know, tried it out, all sorts of things, and you know we were able to uh, get it to where it's at now. Yeah, rock solid. Then the other one that I'll tell you know we'll do throwback through throwback Wednesday here was uh, the installation and upgrade process, right? Like wow, yeah, that has significantly improved as well, right? Where you can actually move and upgrade relatively easily. Like it's a it's now you know the license management uh, improvements that we saw in vSphere seven, right? Is are, are now there uh, vSphere eight? I'm not sure it moves that forward as well. Yeah. And so the whole uh, license management upgrade process is now something that you can do on a on a given ESX server in you know less than an hour right like it's a it's a up and running and everything is smooth and so I got to say that some of this stuff now that we uh used to have pain experience with it now we just take for granted and it's it amazing that new releases come out and and we have that in place now GUI yeah and, and in fact anybody who's still kind of running like you know a 6.x type of uh, version right now um, you know, well, first of all, it's kind of out of support, so you should be on seven. But uh, as you get to seven, and then from there, you see like what's the upgrade process. There's a huge difference, a massive jump in terms of the overall user experience when you do any kind of uh, you know updates and upgrades once you get on seven. Uh, so yeah, definitely uh, uh, worth the experience and, and all the effort that's gone into it. And with of course with eight, it's taken it up a notch and in all sorts of uh, you know, RDU has reduced downtime upgrade uh, that's come in as well. And that uh, that just takes it to a whole new level. Right, right. And then my final one on my list of old school throwback is uh, is performance, right? Is per performance and, and now just having seamless performance on my VMs, right? I, I don't have any issues. I get, you know, my workloads run as fast. I don't have much of a performance tax. And I know that uh, every every season you guys work on performance and, you know, you you have hardware acceleration now by most of the, the, the two chip vendors are out there. That's seamless. Uh, the hardware compatibility list is not such a thing that I fear. Every time there's a new release of Isra, I start to get nervous that my machines are gonna not be there Right, um, and I, I think we all ex exist in that space a little bit. You know, five or six year old machines now get a little dicey, but uh, I think uh, I think we worry less about the uh, hardware compatibility list at the same time, which is also nice. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you know the the, the times uh, are, are changing, right? So we're moving along with it and making right. things easier. Right, right. Okay, so that's kind of throwback time, right? Like uh, vSphere. And I, I do want to pay homage to the, the notion that, no, a lot of us do run vSphere. We love vSphere. And we're not moving every workload to the cloud. We got racks with machines in them. And so it's good. But let's talk now vSphere. Uh, you talked a little bit about Edge, which is kind of cool, and the telcos that are happening. What do you want to talk about from a standpoint of where 8 is going? Does 8 have a theme? What's the main theme that people should know about? Yeah, so uh, let me talk about the eight theme, but but just just want to address a comment you made, right? Because you, you talked about um, you know moving to the cloud, and you know not everything was. Uh, we absolutely want people to move to the cloud uh, on vSphere, right? So you can be or you can be on the cloud, but you can be on vSphere. That's the right. idea with the whole VMware cloud. So you know uh, that's the the point of I think I was trying to make earlier is. It doesn't matter like what location you have. Like you need to figure out what deployment location makes sense based on your use case, the application, what it needs, and latency and performance and whatever. Um, it can still run on vSphere. 
And so you can still use all the tool sets that you're familiar with and you can still uh, you know, have the experience that you really like, the robustness and the stability that vSphere gives you. Uh, and you can have it in whatever location you want and whatever flavor of cloud you want. Uh, and that's the beauty of vSphere today. Uh, and you know, that's the, the it, it, it takes a lot for it to get here, to be able mm -hmm. to give that experience, um, you know, and that consistency across the board. And you know, if you've been listening to like the kind of the VMware uh, overall messaging, it's all about that multi-cloud experience, which is very consistent sure. mm -hmm. and giving you that choice. So absolutely. Now, coming yeah. back to- uh, now, And, I, and I, will throw, I will throw that, I'll, I'll throw in there too, that uh, Hawk Tam, the Broadcom uh, CEO, I know that we haven't, the acquisition still gone through its process, so we don't know it's going to complete whatever, but uh, he produced a blog article where he actually listed uh, his vision of, you know, of VMware's technology and how he expects to be able to utilize it if the deal goes through, uh, which he kind of listed multi-cloud, right? Uh, he listed Tanzu and uh, he listed a third one. I forget what the third one was in his blog article that has been trending this whole week because I think he announced it on Monday. It's Wednesday now. Uh, yeah. This blog article where he actually highlighted the fact that, you know, he's working with enterprise customers and the customers he's talked to, they're giving him this same message, which is, no, we are going multi-cloud. We are going into, we're in the cloud. We're starting to go to multi-cloud. We see vSphere as a solution and VMware as a solution to this. He also sees they also see Kubernetes and Tanzu as a solution for this. And I forget what his third one was that he talked about, but all of them were kind of the, the standard messaging that, uh, that, oh, I think that he, he spent some time on price and performance and value, right? right? Yeah. And so I thought though, I thought all of that was aligned to what you're saying here, which is as much as I love my own rack and my own running my vSphere and, you know, a cloud's expensive to me. I do have AWS instances that we run, but we are even my own self just running community and vExpert programs and such. I say me, but it's like our programs. We are managing a cloud environment, an on-prem environment, a rack in, in San Jose environment. And where do we put that workload is kind of price driven and cloud health driven where, you know, we're actually looking at how much does it cost us, right, to run these things. But it is all vSphere enabled and that super, is super nice. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad, uh, you know, as as the Broadcom team and Hockdown specifically are kind of moving forward with this, like they are you know, making sure that they understand VMware and when they understand VMware customers uh, right. so that, you know, as we go forward, they can, you know, continue meeting those needs because, you know, it would, uh, it, it would, of course, be detrimental to Broadcom themselves if, you know, if they make mistakes uh, in this case, uh, because, of course, the whole point of the acquisition is to, you know, grow the value grow the, grow the value, yeah. combined yeah. company and everything, right? So they definitely want to do right by uh, customers. I honestly like what he's talking about, right? Like, uh, I like I like that Broadcom brings also uh, a technology view. Like, they are a very heavy technology company, and you might or might not like their their way they handle their technology, but they are a very technology focused company. And I think it lends well to VMware because we are a very technology focused company as well. So it, is, it aligns itself. So, so let's talk yeah. about vSphere eight and kind of the messaging that you are going forward with, which is you know the multi cloud uh what what do we actually have in eight that's interesting yeah so uh, well so if you think about how vSphere has kind of evolved uh you know over time it's basically become that kind of a ubiquitous like workload platform that the base layer for everything you want to build on and wherever you want to build on so we talk about vSphere as like the enterprise workload platform uh you know for for all all modern enterprises and and uh 
there's there's a um, I think two or three kind of key areas where we think about what vSphere 8 is really delivering value in, right? So we talk about uh, um, you know performance as kind of the big new thing. So Project Monterey, which has been going on for a couple of years, is now kind of coming to market through vSphere 8. Uh, all the the idea of vSphere now being able to run on DPUs where you can get significant kind of, you know, you can offload a bunch of infrastructure uh, you know, services that are running on the CPU. You can offload that to the DPU, which basically gives your applications a significant amount of performance boost overall. Uh, and uh, consequently, because you're doing that offload, you're saving a lot of your CPU cores uh, in that case. So there is, you know, cost savings and, uh, and performance improvement at the same time as well. So that's very interesting. It's a you know very new yeah. kind of field, and people so, are kind of thing wetting their feet a little bit in the whole DPU space right now. So it's new, right. uh, and uh, but it's you know kind of good to see some of that like you know technology innovation and leadership. Uh, is, is most of that uh, offloading the the networking traffic uh, in where NSX runs in vSphere now? And is that kind of one of those strategies is to then push NSX compute NSX compute requirements down into the the smart NICs? Yeah, so the idea is to we were starting with is with uh, networking on you know function offload essentially, right? So you know you could add NSX on top of it, or you could basically offload a bunch of like the VDS, VMware distributed switch uh, services as well. So the firewall stuff, without, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, without NSX as well, right? So I think the initial use case of I would say like phase one of what's come out through Mont Project Monterey is around security and networking. And I think okay. as we go forward, we you can think of it as expanding into, for example, storage services and, and those kind of things as well. And so there's a, a lot of, uh, I think, you know, very, very broad applicability mm. of how DPUs are going to be used as we go forward and how the industry and our, our customers kind of adopt it, right? Uh, so it's, uh, it's uh, very interesting to see and it's uh, really good because, you know, from a VMware perspective and a Visa perspective, we're making sure that we're working with, you know, the NVIDIAs and, you know, AMD, Pensando, and Intel, and and all the, the on the OEM side, all the big ones, right? Dell, HP, Lenovo, everybody, to make sure that these are all like available to customers as soon as you know possible. So, uh, really cool to to see some of that. So that's kind of the I think one of the areas in terms of uh, like you know supercharging performance for your workloads, uh, etc. Uh, the um, the another thing that kind of comes to mind just on that uh, uh, performance piece is the customers were looking at like AI and all workloads. We made significant improvements in terms of some of the scale that we support. Uh, right. So with like vGPUs and number of pass-through devices and also we like basically doubled uh, our support in terms of number of number of devices and vGPUs supported. And so that also helps to you know be able to run much more complex you know, models. You can do a lot of the and train the models much faster and those kind of things as well. So uh, you know any uh, any customers looking into those specific use cases, there's a lot of value. There, just from a performance, uh, you know, perspective. Uh, from yeah, uh, from you, you, you had mentioned NVIDIA and, it, and NVIDIA, and it did connect to that. I have a question on that. Are a lot of those customers are they doing that on prem uh, in their own data center because they're building, you know, machine learning, or are they taking that into the cloud? Are they bringing? Are they taking that closer to the edge because the data and the learning capacity is in the edge? Have you seen any of the architectures on some of this stuff to see where vSphere runs when it comes to this kind of AI NVIDIA enablement? Yeah, so if you look at the industry today, predominantly a lot of the AI ML workloads, um, uh, you know, the work that's happening, and in fact, even with the DPU stuff, 
it's all happening you know primarily in the cloud first because like that environment is available and it's very easy for the hyperscalers to make all that available in the core infrastructure so i think that's still predominantly like probably the biggest use case and then after that is you know customers who are running it on prem because of uh, you know whatever specific requirements they might have if you yeah, think about like yeah. you know large uh, larger enterprises or or organizations that are very research focused um you know they tend to kind of do that uh, on an on prem environment and and traditionally they've done these kind of workloads but even with hpc for example they've done it as uh, you know bare metal and now they kind of you know seeing the value of hey if you virtualize there's a lot more i can get out of it while i can preserve the performance that i really need and so as technology from a vsphere and our partners kind of yeah. you know has come up and matured uh, this is uh, folks are really seeing that value. It, it is true. It's, it's it's the classic. If I haven't virtualized it, I'm locked into a single workloads that are pre-configured with the OSs configured a certain way for that workload. And so all these vGPUs that I've got in that instance or in the cloud is locked to that. If you're running a bare metal, is locked to that architecture and that those configuration variables and all that. Where if you virtualize it, then you can swap lo- workloads in and out, just like VMs, right? You just swap them in, run it on that. That, on those resources from X amount of time and then swap them out, got another workload in, run it. So it is it is like a sophisticated version of uh, P to V, right? All over again. But, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's just, you know, it's uh, flavors of that same old kind of use case that keep coming. Right. Out. Right, right. I, I see that. I see that. That makes sense. That 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 that's logical. I could I could see that. And I know that uh, some of my sons uh, was a is a, a AI person that come out of Carnegie Mellon, writes code for Facebook and all that. And they, and they're always looking at AI workloads and where to run them and how to get the most performance and the most flexibility out of what they're building. And he's moved on from Facebook, so he's into other spaces now. But it's very very much uh, how quickly can we get. CPU compute resources to a problem. These projects come up pretty quick and then they want to run them for half a year and they don't even want to have to spend time building out the infrastructure. They just go to AWS and they just, you know, they just license it, right? Or run it, pay for it. So it is interesting dynamic. Okay. So that's one interesting place. vSphere 8 is accelerating. I know we did work with uh, an NVIDIA and others on on that. Uh, What are some of the other things that uh, come out of this? Yeah. So um, one of the other things is uh, is around you know um, it's actually related to not just vSphere 8 but uh, some of the announcements we made uh, uh, in the June July timeframe when we brought out a new I would say flavor uh, from the vSphere product family which is vSphere Plus right and the idea mm-hmm. was hey uh, you can take your existing kind of vSphere environment uh, and you can connect it to this cloud console and be able to kind of manage everything from the cloud uh, and be able to have a centralized view of your kind of distributed multi-vcenter kind of environment and have this one kind of control plane and then be able to also consume a bunch of cloud services from that same console right so you could do like uh, you know cloud-based dr you could do uh, ransomware protection you could do like capacity planning and those kind of things as well and so we, we brought this offering called vSphere Plus because you know right. it seems to be that everybody is coming out with uh, you know Disney Plus and it's either, ESPN Plus. It's either it, it, it used to be Pro five years ago. Everything was Pro. Now everything is Plus, right? And I think it is. Right. Uh, yeah, I think it is the the cable companies that are making that happen. But yeah, that's exactly. that's that's pretty interesting that they do that. And it, it 
this strategy, because we've had people on the podcast uh, talking about vSphere 7 Plus, right? And we've, you know, we talked all about it, but it, it reminds me of what I was talking about where the, the, the HTML5 client came out and we all scratched our head and goes, but it's missing this and it's missing that. And we don't know, sure, we're going to use it, whatever. But these are one of these long-term investments where as you add more features to it, right? Like, so the vSphere 7 Plus, you know, basically gave me uh, a single pane of glass where I can see my other my either other ESX servers and that's kind of nice because I can connect them and it's a cloud offering and yay for me right but I can see that just like the HTML5 client got more robust and added more features and pretty soon you can do even more than you could do on the original piece uh, x80 the Windows client I can see this becoming a very very powerful web interface that you know gets me to all kind of cloud services that as we add those in they will yeah. become powerful. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, that's the thing, right? We're, we're starting with some of the basic capabilities. You can look at inventory, you can provision VMs, you can, right. uh, you know, security posture, like all that kind of good stuff, capacity, visibility, planning. So you can do all that, uh, you know, basic stuff. If you need to do, you can obviously go to your individual VC and, you know, there's a lot uh, uh, richer capabilities, of, of course, available. Right. And we'll keep adding, as you said, uh, over time to make this kind of the default for you to go to. Now, um, one of the very interesting um, use cases that people have, you know, really uh, uh, responded very positively to is the plus One of the is, is around uh, some of that kind of reduced downtime upgrade. So, you know, traditionally, if you if you have, let's say, uh, and it's about basically VC lifecycle management, right? So, if you typically want to do upgrade a VC, uh, it can take up to an hour, hour plus, uh, depending on you know how much you have and how much pre-upgrade uh, steps you have and whatnot. Now, in this case with vSphere Plus, what we're doing is whenever you want to do an upgrade, uh, first you'll just get a like a you know like you get on your phone, hey, software update is available. You, you get that message, you click on it, and basically what it does is it'll set up a duplicate VC, a whole new instance separately, uh, you know, in parallel. So there's no downtime during all that kind of stuff, and it's only when you're actually doing the the, the flipping from one to the other is restarting services on the new one. That's when you have like maybe a three, four, five minutes kind of a downtime. And so from that perspective, like this is one of those things that's like the gift that's going to keep on giving uh, in terms of ongoing upgrades and lifecycle management of VCs. And so folks kind of realize, hey, this is actually quite valuable on an, on a like daily basis or, or, or even, well, uh, on an ongoing basis. So that was uh, pretty interesting. I think just a kind of a key, use, a small feature, key use case. Right that uh, kind of shines through. In yeah, and of, I, uh, yeah. I, I was talking to the CTAB to the Starbucks guys, and um, and they're looking at designing how to do multi-cloud, right? And how to actually use cloud health, right? Which is financial management, right? Mm -hmm. To actually look at costing across the different cloud services, right? And then building up management inter interactions that allow them to control workload deployment to the multi-clouds based on costing, real-time costing data that's coming in from the different... Uh, uh, cloud vendors, right? And so you can see like over time, that's an example of what you would get in a plus environment, right? Where you have all of these services, including cloud health and others, you know, area management capabilities, where you can actually manage your workloads being deployed, see costing, and you're truly operating a multi-cloud environment that gives you all the data on your costing, all the data on your uptime, how you're managing workloads that get provisioned, how do you're upgrading machines that need to be upgraded. All of this comes together in this true multi-cloud environment, right? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so we're looking forward to adding, you know, cloud health and so on these other services 
uh, onto the kind of the vSphere Plus uh, 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 platform and available through that cloud console. By the way, this cloud console is the same that is being used by VMware Cloud on AWS and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the next step for us or the, the current kind of roadmap is, hey, we want to get that integration done. So if you're using VMC and you have an on-prem vSphere, you can basically manage all of that from this cloud console and just, it just makes it seamless and it's one place to go to for your entire multi-cloud footprint. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so uh, for people that are listening, I, I always say, if you haven't played with Plus yet, and I know you have to set up a, a cloud environment, I don't know if there, I assume there's costs to that, right? Like where you switch some of your vSphere to the Plus environment, and then you have to pay some amount of dollar for that Plus environment because it is a hosted environment in the cloud. But I think it's worth, if you're listening to this podcast, I think it's worth spending time in. If you haven't played with Plus yet, you want to definitely get there and set up a Plus environment so that you can start learning because this is one of these things that's you know going to be useful just like like the web client was back when we first came out with it, right? Like, because, you know, a lot of people stayed with the with the, the Windows client for a lot of time, but over time we got there. And I think this is one of these investment environments that if you want to get exposure to cloud and cloud architects you know, lessons, this is this is a place to go for that. One of the things that I struggle with from a IT perspective is, you know, we're becoming cloud we need to all become cloud admins, right? Like the the idea of being an IT admin in a data center is kind of like that career is going to run short over time. You're going to still need some. There's still going to be instances where you're going to run a data center. But we see a lot of people becoming cloud admins. And so when you go to Plus, like, and you go to vSphere, and you go to Aria, you know, how, is this going to get you ready to be a cloud admin? Yes. So the idea is, if you think about like how the VI admin persona, like everybody has, you know, um, how much impact vSphere has had on people's careers. It's right. about, hey, taking your, your kind of, you know, expanding your sphere of influence uh, as you're, uh, you know, being able to do a bunch of newer things. So you can manage your compute. Okay, you can manage your storage. Uh, this certain aspects of networking management you can do as well as a vSphere admin. You can manage your cloud environment. Uh, you know, as we look at multi-clouds, so being a cloud admin. Well, you can actually, as you're going into potentially a DevOps SRE or a you know a platform right. engineer type of role, you can actually do all your manager Kubernetes workloads with vSphere as well, using the same kind of familiar kind of tool set that you're used to. So it's it's fascinating to see, like you know, depending on how people are thinking about their careers, and you want to you know focus on the cloud okay. admin side cloud or the DevOps side. Yeah. side, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you can you actually got. you can actually you know do that uh, while staying and, and leveraging like stuff that you've learned over the years. It's pretty cool to see that. Nice, nice, nice. Um, so you also, obviously, uh, this is, I'm just throwing questions at you now. This is not stage, but like, you, you know, if you want to get involved with uh, vSphere today and you don't have any money, but you have, you do have a Nook or you have an XA, if you got $200, you can buy a Nook um, today. We got them on our, on our site. You can uh, go, go play with that. Um, you can get a $200 machine. You can go get vSphere 8 it's not vSphere 8, it's ESXi, right? And ESXi is free. You can get a free license, a forever license on our website, and you can get this thing and run. And nobody ever talks about entry level here because we're talking cloud and big stuff. But if, you know, we should encourage our bloggers and experts to talk about the fact that ESXi is still out there. You can still get this free, put it on a tiny system and go, you know, spend some time learning this stuff, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. ESXi 8, the, the free hypervisor version is absolutely available. And, uh, you know, because uh, vSphere 8 just reached uh, IA initial availability, what was it, last week? Um, uh, or maybe a week ago, uh, yeah. 10 days ago or so, right? So, uh, yeah, it's it's out there, available to download, and the, the free hypervisor ESXi 8 is, is there. So, absolutely, you know, get it and, and, uh, and yep. uh, you know, yep. you can get spin that it up and, go- and get it running. Yeah. Right, right, and I know that we're working with the education system for like college kids. We're we're getting that out to the college kids. VM VMUG Advantage, where you can go because we we sometimes we get we talk big cloud and we forget there's entry level kids coming out of college that want to want to be an administrators, data scientists, whatever they get involved with this. So it's it's also good to do that. Um, okay, so other things, uh, any other things that you think are worthwhile talking about when it comes to vSphere eight. Yeah, so so a couple of things, right? So we talked about like the cloud benefits and the cloud mm-hmm. services piece. We talked about the, uh, the you know supercharging your performance and all that, right, the DPUs right. and the IML. Um, then there's a couple other kind of key areas. One is, hey, um, a bunch of like operational efficiency type of improvements, right? So there's things like we've made uh, we made improvements in terms of having shorter maintenance windows and all that. We made improvements with DRS being able to uh, you know leverage kind of VMMR, etc. Just being able to, uh, uh, you know, um, iteratively make improvements in existing kind of capabilities, existing features, etc. So there's a long list of those. Just uh, you know, uh, day-to-day operational efficiency, which actually has a significant impact on an ongoing basis. It may not be like a big flashy feature, uh, but it matters on a day-to-day basis because you use it so often. So there's a whole bunch of those things that are, that are there, uh, and then the. The last one I was going to call out is... And, and before, you, before you call out the yeah. last one, I will say, if you guys follow William Lamb, William Lamb tweets one of these little cute uh, operational efficiency type features about once a day, right? For the last week or two, he's been going, oh my God, they finally implemented XYZ. And then he tweets it out and then we get like 30 retweets on. And he's been doing that on a daily basis, right? Because, you know, he's been obviously using vSphere 8 and playing and he's like, and he's discovering things that have been fixed that are just nagging things that people have complained about for the last X number of years. And he's like, oh, this is going to save so much time. And people join in going, oh my God, I've been asking for this for, for decades. So you're like, not decades, but you get the point that there are, you know, a hundred different optimizations in there that if you're running a data center, you're going to be happy finding these things, right? Yeah, that's the thing with like, you know, it's a, it's a major release, right? So it's going to have hundreds and hundreds of features Right. I came in and it fixes and improvements and you know right. we get on the main stage or we put a big blog out but you know we just can't cover all that yeah you so can't cover I'm it all so right. glad William right. is out there tweeting every right. day and right. You know, right. sharing it right right yeah. right so you had another one that you were going to get to then yeah yeah so the, the, we were talking about DevOps earlier right and so the, the right. other one is around you know how uh, so we've got tons of Kubernetes graders available that's you know integrated with vSphere in terms of the vSphere with Tanzu offering and everything and now what they've done is uh, they've integrated all the different versions of or flavors of of uh, uh, tons of Kubernetes great TKG in the TKG 2.0 offering, and so that's uh, available as part of vSphere 8. And uh, one other thing as part of this is uh, you know that's more focused on the DevOps persona as well is something called the CCI or the Cloud Consumption Interface, and this is something that's um, available I guess exclusively in the vSphere Plus uh, offering. Uh, essentially, and the idea there is, hey, it's a it's a Kubernetes uh, kind of um, you know, in, um, it's an interface that is available from an API perspective and a UI perspective as well, um, and it gives uh, any everybody a, a nice Kubernetes interface to manage and consume all types of VMware infrastructure, right? And so the intent is 
you've got the cloud console that becomes like the one place where mm -hmm. for the the admin persona to kind of go and manage everything from you've got the cloud consumption interface where the devops and some developer persona they can go there as well like kind of you know manage all that provision services and infrastructure and all that uh, so it just you know gives i think um, different personas uh, the experience that they prefer uh, in terms of like what they really use and you know how they want to consume it and how they want to do stuff uh, it's pretty cool and then we did some um, uh, demos of the cci actually at explore and one of the really cool things is that you know you might be uh, you know you might be more comfortable using a ui interface versus like you know going into yaml and kind of mm -hmm. and, uh, doing any kind of declarative programming there and uh, you can use the ui set stuff up it'll automatically generate a yaml file right next uh, to it and then you can share that file with the dev developer or devops uh, person who can then make tweaks to it directly because they prefer it to doing it that way versus you know through a gui and so i thought that was pretty cool it's just you know it's just making sure that we're uh, meeting people where they are and how they prefer to do stuff versus kind of forcing anybody to learn something like that new just because hey the product team wants to do it this way so yeah, okay. i thought that was cool so that's kind of cool. CCI, cloud consumption interface. Uh, question for you on that. If I have, um, I obviously have ESX servers in the cloud. That's going to make sense. It's in the vSphere Plus, you know, panel. And we, now the, the interface allows me to uh, program, programmatically direct workloads to things that are in that environment. If I have an ESX server that's in my data center in a rack, can I plug that, connect that into the CCI so that workloads can also be targeted to, you know, uh, on-prem and off-prem in cloud or is that? Yeah. So, so I should have clarified this earlier. The vSphere plus offering, uh, doesn't mean that you have to put your ESXi in the cloud. Right, I've under whole... I've understood that. That makes sense, yeah. and most people understand that. But for the CCI, will it enable that uh, that API to target workloads in vSphere eight, regardless of whether it's in cloud or on prem? Uh, correct. So the workload is always on prem. That's the whole point of vSphere Plus. So your okay. workloads and your ESXi are all right. on prem. All right. you're okay. doing is. You're, you're Managing. absolutely oh. not touching anything. You're connecting right. your VC using a right. cloud gateway, connecting yeah. it up to okay, the cloud it. console. Right. That's where your. Well, I thought, does Plus not allow me to see my workloads in VMC also? Um, not today, but that's the idea. That was the okay. roadmap right. I was right. talking right. about. So I was so backwards. The idea is yeah, okay. you Got should it. be Got able it. to then, uh, you know, that cloud console, right. if you are right. a VMC on AWS customer right. and a VC right. Plus customer, you right. should be able to see all of that together. But, right. Okay. Uh, so, right. So, my yeah, question should, will be: have that right, right. My my question was relevant, kind of backwards, but it's like, okay, so yes, everything on prem because plus is everything on prem. When we introduce uh, VMC and other cloud destinations for for ESX, then CCI should be able to you know target workloads mm -hmm. to those as well when that comes. Exactly. Right. And my point was that's super cool because now I have one interface that I can. You deploy my workloads through Kubernetes uh, anywhere where I have my cloud infrastructure. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly the point. So, you know, one interface for the admin persona or the cloud console, right. one interface as a CCI for the dev, DevOps kind of persona. Yeah. And right. it doesn't matter what you're running, where you're running, it's, it's, all, it's all the same. 
Right, right, right. And I, I'm just wondering, is that, I, I suppose that's kind of Python um, oriented, or I wonder what the interface, what the programming interface language is. I know we, we used to do a lot of PowerShell, but now everything is going Python, uh, where you write Python to control infrastructure. I'd have to have uh, Kyle Reddy here talk to me about that, right? But uh, we'll, we'll get to that later. You don't have yeah. to answer that one. Yeah, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Right, right, right. So, but that does dovetail, and I know we're at the top of the hour, so I don't know if you have a hard stop here. If you do, then we'll shut things down. Um, but because we got a late start here, we're only 45 minutes in. But uh, if you have a hard stop, then I'll just, uh, I'll do an end routine here and get you. Do you have a hard stop at we one can o'clock? Do, we can do a couple of minutes. We can go a couple of minutes over that. Okay. All right, all right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do ask, like coming up into next year, uh, so this is kind of the, we'll end, we'll end. I always ask, like, what do you, what, what excites you about uh, 2023 next year? coming into the next year. I know we're just rolling out eight, so that's kind of cool. Do you see anything in the industry or anything that we're doing that gets you excited or are you just excited about making progress here? So I think there's, there's a, a you know couple of things. If you look at just from a VMware perspective, well, we are catching up to the industry and catching up to our customers in terms of offering everything we have as uh, you know, in terms of SaaS and subscription and right. just making it easy from a consumption perspective. So I think that's very exciting. There's a massive transformation happening, you know, uh, in like my group and of course across the company to make sure that we're doing that. So like vSphere Plus is, is you know, the tip of the spear from that perspective right. to make sure that we're doing that. So I'm really excited about more and more people kind of adopting vSphere Plus and kind of realizing the benefits of it. And as you and I were talking about earlier, uh, you know, bringing more of these services available to the cloud console to really deliver value because, you know, we've got, we've got, uh, you know, cloud-based DR available now. You've got ransomware protection uh, service available now. You've got uh, like capacity planning optimization and those kind of things available as well. Uh, for, you know, at this point, when we continue to add more and more, like you know, on a quick cadence. So that I think is going to be very exciting. Uh, the other thing is going to be, I think, as folks go forward and see a lot more of these kind of, uh, I think, uh, permeation of things like you know, hardware accelerators, etc., coming in. Uh, I think that would be really cool to say, like, what uh, do customers do next in terms of how they really leverage that and how they want to, you know, offload more and more things? Because we want to hear from folks to say, what are the use cases you really want to you know, go after? And uh, then we can make sure that we are kind of catering to that as well. So uh, I think those are the couple of things. And uh, I think vSphere 8 is a fantastic release, uh, extremely stable, because we did this new model of IA and then kind of, you know, waiting for a few weeks and then declaring GA. And so uh, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I think that helps people to see that I don't have to wait for a U1 release. I can actually, right. like, you know, it's stable enough already, and kind of VMware does that kind of the big checkbox on it. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to folks kind of adopting it and giving us more and more feedback. Yeah, I see that. And, you know, we're all moving the cloud and I look at all our products and I like, I, you know, a two, a year and a half ago, I'd be like, I was struggling to find VMware's cloud products, right? Like what do we actually have that's a SaaS oriented cloud product? Now I look and, you know, I, I'm not probably allowed to say this because I, I see internal stuff, but like I look and I can't find a product that isn't cloud or that isn't SaaS. That's the whole list of products now are SaaS, 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 all the way down, right? So that's a shift that has absolutely happened in the last year. And I mean, talking legitimately, right? Not like, well, we're going to get to it or maybe, no, they're coming out. This is all SaaS based. So I think, think that's an exciting time for everybody to to be there so i'm excited about that um are you going to explore in europe yeah i'm gonna be there i think i get there saturday night 
Uh, and so uh, we've got a few sessions. In fact, we've got a session on vSphere 8, uh, nice. which um, we were doing a repeat of it. And just about an hour ago, they emailed me saying, this is too long of a wait list. We need to do it a third time. So yep. we're going to do it on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So, you know, whichever you know, flavor works for you, go, you know, if you're, again, folks are going to be at Explore, please come and attend. There's a vSphere Plus session as, as well that I'm doing on Tuesday. Uh, and then, uh, you know, there's a few other things that uh, uh, solution keynote on, on vSphere Plus and vSAN Plus as well. So that's going to be pretty cool to see. So I'm excited about, uh, you know, getting in person and meeting everybody. I think the uh, Explore San Francisco is a fantastic experience. And right. so I think, um, you know, we're looking forward to meeting everybody in Europe. Yeah, I know that uh, the number, the reg numbers, I can't say tell you the exact reg, but I know they were, you know, 30, 40% above target. So it's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be a lot of energy, a lot of fun. Europe is just booming. vSphere, everything, everybody booms. And you, I, I'm super excited about it. So glad you're going to be there. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, and um, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see you there. Um, I will do a shout out for our listeners who aren't seeing the live stream, which very few people actually watch the video feed if you want to go to youtube.com slash v barbecue you can go look at what uh, Hamanshu looks like and his twitter handle is at Hamanshu ks by the looks of it so h-i-m-a-n-s-h-u-k-s give him a follow and say hello to him he is on twitter uh all right Hamanshu, thanks for coming back again. We'll have to get you back again. Uh, vSphere 9 and uh, one day a giant vSphere 10 party. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Then, then, you know, uh, go get yourself some barbecue. And thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Eric. It was fantastic being here. Take care. Yep.